Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. A bit of breaking news on the morning buzzcast that I wanted to touch on as we start. The DraftKings role continues. They will open a year-round retail sportsbook at TPC Scottsdale, home of the PGA Tour's Waste Management Phoenix Open. This is a big deal for the PGA Tour and DraftKings. It is connected to Arizona, the state of Arizona, passing its gambling legislation. There are a lot of components to this. We'll have more all day on SBJ.com. But let me just say, these deals are not small deals. They're big deals. Our Bill King pegged its value between DraftKings and the PGA Tour between 45 to $55 million over 10 years with the PGA Tour receiving guaranteed minimums and revenue sharing. So again, we'll have more on this deal throughout the day on SBJ.com. But the big takeaway, DraftKings PGA Tour get even closer in their relationship. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Wednesday, April 14th. Good morning. I'm Abe Matcor. Hope everybody's doing well today. Let's start with this. A hundred days. That's what's left to the start of Tokyo's postponed Olympic Summer Games. So a hundred days out. This all comes despite growing cases of COVID in Japan. And as we talked about on the Buzzcast, major public opposition in the country to holding the games. Now, the games are scheduled to start on July 23rd. The closing ceremony, 17 days later, that will be just six months before the opening of the Beijing Winter Games. And we've talked about that a ton already. But again, various polls in Japan show up to 80% of Japanese want the Olympics canceled or postponed. So this is a tough environment to have the games. Remember, these games were meant to be a huge coming out party for Japan, showing all the attributes and advancements of the country. But that has certainly all changed. Now, unfortunately, it's almost reduced to the country showcasing its ability to hold and even complete the summer games. So hard to believe, but 100 days out, from the Tokyo Summer Games. Let's shift to some news in basketball because the Golden State Warriors went in-house in replacing Rick Welch. Remember, we talked about how Rick Welch, president and COO, announced last week he is stepping down after the end of this season. So the Warriors moved quickly. They promoted CRO Brandon Schneider to replace Welch. Schneider is 41. He will report directly to Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber. He'll begin his new role on July 1st. Now, Brandon Schneider is not a newcomer in the sports business. He was a recipient of our SBJ 40 Under 40 Award in 2017. He's currently in his 19th season with the Warriors, the last three as CRO. He's been at Rick Welch's side on everything from all of the business operations to the development of Chase Center to leading the team's sponsorship strategy. And of course, we all know the Warriors are seen as almost like the gold standard in the NBA. Now, Schneider was chosen over a number of internal candidates and those who have worked closely with him and know him, they really praise his approach to the fan experience, 
to branding, to marketing, and to retail operations. Now, he originally joined the team in 2002 as a season ticket account executive. So it's a great story. He grew up a Warriors fan, so it's in his blood. One side note about Brandon Schneider, he's also a limited partner in the Major League Soccer franchise, LAFC. So Brandon Schneider being promoted from CRO to president and COO of the Golden State Warriors beginning July 1st. Staying with basketball, because a few weeks ago, we talked about a possible trend of teams opening up sections of their arenas for fans who have been vaccinated. And remember, the Miami Heat were the first ones in offering vaccination-only sections. Well, that section will be no more. The Heat said it was just too difficult to conduct this. It was too much of an operational challenge when it comes to executing because of the requirement of the vaccination passports as a seating option. It was cumbersome at entry. So the team said they are no longer offering that vaccination-only section. The program had been in place since April 1. That was a day before an order by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis prohibiting businesses from demanding proof of COVID-19 vaccinations from individuals. Now, the Heat said that had no bearing on their decision. They, again, cited it was too difficult to execute, but a vaccination-only section no longer with the Miami Heat. Meanwhile, the team also said with more and more people having receiving the vaccination, the team will eliminate the use of COVID sniffing and COVID detection dogs. Remember, they were the first organization to have the dogs at the entry point. They say they no longer need those. So the Miami Heat making two pretty distinct shifts in its COVID policy. You know, earlier this week, we talked on the Buzzcast about the NFL and the organized training activities, OTAs, which generally start in April. It's an issue to keep an eye on because remember, we said the union wanted players to boycott any in-person OTAs. OTAs last year, of course, were all virtual. Well, now members of the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Buccaneers said they will boycott the OTAs. Now, the union has advised players that the risk of exposure is too much, and if they want to have a full season, they should not risk attending these voluntary workouts. Now, it is a player decision, and the league and the union are continuing to talk about holding safe off-season programs, but let's be clear, there's going to be pressure on players to attend these OTAs. There'll be pressure from the organization. There might even be pressure from fans to attend. I read this in the Boston Globe where Coach Bill Belichick told Patriots players to report to Foxborough on April 19th. One player, Brandon King, said yesterday, if Bill tells me to report, I'm reporting. So again, that's kind of the pressure that players are facing. So keep your eye on how many players opt out from attending these OTAs. We have a couple of stories in the college space worth your time this morning. One of them is certainly the unique deal of the day, and you almost wonder why it hasn't been done before. It is taking the power and the group power of licensing rights of former college athletes. So more than 100 former University of North Carolina men's basketball, and women's soccer players are joining a group licensing program, allowing them to make money from their playing days with the Tar Heels. It just makes sense. So the University of North Carolina made a deal with the Brander Group that will allow for licensed products, such as school-branded apparel, featuring the name and jersey number 
of the athletes when they were playing there. But of course, now they've moved on and left the school. So the athletes in the group would share in the profits from the merchandising program. So it's really quite brilliant. Now, who are these athletes? Well, if you look at North Carolina's alums on the soccer side, it's Mia Hamm. And Heather O'Reilly, among others. I mean, we all know the men's basketball players. Hubert Davis, who just became the men's basketball coach, could be part of this program. Tyler Hansbrough, Sean May, University of North Carolina Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham touts the group licensing program as the first of its kind in college athletics. And as he told our Michael Smith yesterday, quote, it seems so obvious, end quote. And it does seem obvious. So keep your eye on whether other schools who have a very strong lineage of former athletes try to utilize a program like this. Staying on college sports, and now we're focused on Stanford, a group of alumni at Stanford said yesterday they were pleased because the school's leadership said they would consider the group's proposal to save 11 sports from being eliminated at the end of the current school year. Remember, earlier this year, Stanford, citing budget shortfalls because of COVID, announced they would cut men's and women's fencing, uh, field hockey, rowing, uh, sailing, and so many other sports. Well, this group called 36 Sports Strong now are asking the institution and the leadership of Stanford to reconsider They said that the early indications are, at least positively, that the school's leadership would reconsider cutting those sports. So this is a story still developing that we're going to want to keep an eye on. A couple of quick things to end today's buzzcast. A big deal for Major League Soccer with Procter & Gamble. They signed the deal before the league season. The league season starts Friday. Any sports league would love the power of something like Procter & Gamble behind it. MLS says the sponsorship is different than any other executed by the league because it allows Procter & Gamble's different brands to come in and out of the relationship over the term of the deal. So that means brands like Old Spice or Crest or Gillette, any of these brands could activate against MLS rights at different times. And that is pretty unique. So the brands can decide how it wants to leverage the MLS marks and the relationship. So that is a very positive deal for MLS. They need activation across a big CPG brand like Procter and Gamble. And let's finish on the ratings front because we talked on the Buzzcast last week about keeping our eye on the Masters rating. Would it indicate any trend? Well, the rating for Sunday's final round was down. CBS averaged 9.45 million viewers for the final round, and that was the lowest figure for a Sunday at Augusta National since 1993. Now, if you can remember who won in 93, you get extra buzzcast points this morning. That was Bernard Longer's second win of the Masters, 1993. So that is not a very strong number for this year's Masters. While that final round number is certainly not what CBS and Augusta National wanted, they can take solace in that it was up almost 70% from the 5.61 million viewers from the final round in November, just a few months ago in 2020 when Dustin Johnson won. So what is this telling us about ratings in the overall sports space? Not much. We're still not seeing any trends that we can really draw conclusions from, so we'll continue to keep an eye on it. But CBS with the lowest Sunday final round of the Masters since 1993. So a very busy day on this Thursday, April 14th. That is your morning buzzcast. I'm Abe Madcore. 
Hope everybody has a great day. Stay smart, stay healthy, be good to each other, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.